Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Uh, we have a special guest, good friend Matt Einhaber, founder of Titlebox, um, a company that automates title clearing for title agents, longtime friend, longtime industry person, and notably, Matt was our very first Lodestar Lending Leaders guest uh, almost two years ago now. So I don't, I don't know if I thought I would still, we would still be doing this at this point. So, you know, he was nice enough to come back. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, that's hopefully that's why I'm a special guest, and I'd yeah. like to believe that everyone else is just a guest, but I'm a special guest. No, no, I usually say friend, but not good friend. So you got you got that qualifier too. So yeah, we're so we're gonna take a little different take today. Um, get Matt and I thinking a little bit more than normal um, in terms of you know we've done market update sessions. I think one thing that Matt and I had been communicating about, which was interesting to us just being business owners and probably like data nerds is we're seeing a lot of changes in the industry right now especially you know we we sit on different sides lodestar gets to see mortgage applications gets to see mortgage ac- um, activity you know in the thousands and hundreds of thousands of transactions throughout the country um, so that that gives us the ability to make some some assumptions and draw some info out of it and then Matt on the working with title agent side is you kind of see the other side of it, right? Whenever, you know, folks finally apply for their mortgage, get approved, find a house, order a title, that's kind of when you're, you know, finding out. So we always kind of find this gap, right? And I think we're, you know, seeing now in the data that we're in kind of this weird point in the industry and where we're recording this in early February. So who knows what has changed from the time that uh, we record this to now. So we will not make any Super Bowl predictions either because it hasn't happened yet. And we're here um, in Philadelphia. I could make a few Super Bowl predictions, but I wouldn't yeah. want to upset anyone who might be from the Midwest. No, or- someone a few weeks ago actually bragged about the Eagles being either nine and one or ten and one on this podcast, and they lost the next two weeks. So, oh, all right, no, yeah, we're you can't, not, you no can't do anything. anything. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do anything. So, yeah. Um, so, let's see. Um, let me just, I guess, um, how do you want to start? Do you want to kind of summarize what we've been looking at? Yeah, <laughs> when this started, I think the interesting point, as you said, like well, obviously we're in a volatile time, right? Over the last six mm-hmm. months were up and then they went down and there's movement and when movement gets happens inefficiencies get created and there's gaps in you know and there's opportunity and everyone loves a good hack right i like to find a hack of information so we can read and know what's going to happen tomorrow and i think the whole world is looking for that um in lots of different ways and so you and i were talking and and we i i was kind of thinking right we were texting and i was like you know it's interesting I never really thought of it this way exactly, but you're early, right? You're a you're a canary in the coal mine. You're like a leading indicator because when people, you know, to explain it, you know, what may be obvious to some people listening, but when you know, when when somebody's thinking about buying a house, many of those people, at least enough of a percentage of those people that's gonna like guide what's happening in the are gonna go get a prequal, right? They're gonna get a prequalification for mortgage. And when that happens, that triggers a need for the lender to quote. Right. And that's you guys. Um, and so even if only 10, 20, 30 percent of people get a prequel, that's mm-hmm. enough of a sampling to yeah. indicate like activity, like just broader market activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're down this road. Right. We're after they're under contract. That's when we get yeah. tricked. So mm-hmm. we don't we're not necessarily leading indicators. So but folks like title um, and mortgage and real estate sales, for that matter, everybody's down the road from you. So at different yeah. phases. Um 
So yeah, we looked at some of that data. And so, I mean, you've got trend stuff in terms of yeah. what's been happening and then <clears throat> geography too, which is also mm. kind of interesting where it's been happening. And my first question for you, we can talk about the answer to that question was, um, let's look backwards, right? Mm. So we dug up some data. Let's look backwards for the last two years or so mm. and see what used to confirm, first of all, that you are in fact the canary in the coal mine. Mm. What 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 happened and then you know what did you see data wise right. and then what do we know happened one two three months six yeah. months whatever it was after that to see mm -hmm. if that really did mirror what happened in in life yeah. i think it did you agree i mean that's yeah well i'm glad i'm glad i have my data up now because i'm getting asked a lot more questions than i do normally too and i know this started um we were talking our volume has been been up pretty significantly from mid january on and keeps on going up um so we were texting about that you Hadn't quite seen that affect your business, although I think you're starting to now. Um, and you asked me the question that got me down this rabbit hole of, hey, is that purchase or refinance driving it? Um, I didn't know off the top of my head, but we have, have the data. We have the ability to run it um, pretty easily. And I'm, I'm the type of person is when I know I need to go find a number, it's very motivating. I'm like, hey, I want to see what's actually happening here. So um, what, what we have right now is we're looking at kind of total searches um, that we have throughout the country, and how many of those are purchases. So I only went back as far as January 2001, which was towards the, you know, still in kind of the meat of the refi boom, I guess. Um, and at that point, we had, I mean, our volume really pe peaked in that first quarter of 2021, um, I think getting to its highest point in May of 2021. Um, and we stayed probably about, it seems anywhere between 40 to 50% purchases. So refis were making up the majority of the business, right? Which kind of tracks, right? Things were really busy. A lot of people cared about refis. You could also juxtapose interest rates on this, right? Um, and I know at that time they were still really low. And we can, I look at these peaks. I look at the peak stuff. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I'm looking at a graph, so I'm trying to match it up. Is that March of 2021 <clears throat> and maybe May, June of mm -hmm. 2021, right? And then I, I remember looking at this when we looked at it, when I was looking at just the data, not the graph. And then what happened three months later? And I actually went back mm -hmm. and, and, you know, three months later, this showed up in the marketplace. This showed mm -hmm. up in common speak and in actual sales. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to track over and over again that you were about 90 days ahead of, mm -hmm. oh, it's getting busy again in the real right. estate sales world. You know what I mean? And, and it would be interesting to see 2020, obviously, like the data is a little bit over the over the place because we pretty much shut down, the industry shut down for a few weeks in March and then kind of jumped after that. Um, and then kind of the next blip too, which I think confirms it is, uh, I think right after March, March of last year of 2022 was our peak um, in terms of highest volume, um, and then we were still, at that point, we were about only one-third refis. Um, but after that volume started going down, and I think that's when, you know, the proverbial crap hit the fan. Um, it is. We saw the volume continue through July. Like, we yeah. saw, and, and we have a similar, you know, maybe not as much number, but we have, you know, spread out title companies throughout yeah. about a dozen states and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and thousands and thousands of transactions. Right. So it's enough of a statistical sampling to mm -hmm. probably get on that side of things as well we yeah we saw um that volume stay high until july right into july yeah. and i think the thing that gets us the most excited now too is mid-january it bumped up again right we're up 20 to 30 percent of volume 
um, since December. Um, even now, February is about 7% trending ahead of January. So we're seeing... We're, I'm sorry, you had a big goalie in October of like from from the late summer, right? Mm-hmm. Into like the fall, it's, it went down a bunch. And I the same yeah. thing, I think everybody for the fourth yeah. quarter was like... You know, for for the yeah. transaction, which is usually the case anyway, but it definitely you know died down. And I think the the data is fun to look at, but I think the other question on top of this is what behavior is driving that, what things are driving that out there, and to the extent that we could predict things going forward, you know, that's that's the fun thing. If we knew what was going to happen, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing anyway. We'd be we'd be on a boat somewhere. What? Yeah. Maybe we do know what's going to happen. <laughs> there you go. I like the optimism, but. Um, and I think the thing I found the most interesting is, you know, you look at what's happening now and you see, okay, January's up, right? Um, interest rates are down. So I would think, okay, maybe some folks who haven't been able to refi in the last year or two are refining, right? That that seems to be the, the thing that makes sense to me. Um, and the data does not support that, right? It seems that now we're up to about 67 or 76%, so over three quarters of our volume is purchase related. Um, which is pretty much an all-time high. Um, that's almost twice what it was during the refi boom. And that's still up from low 70s in December. So it means that the volume went up dramatically, but it also means that that new volume was probably like 80% or more purchase interest. Yeah, which logically actually does make sense to me because, mm-hmm. again, you know, rates went up so much in 2022 yeah. that it's, mm-hmm. you know, if anybody's waiting to refi, that opportunity is maybe you just simply gone for so many of them, at least for mm-hmm. now, you know, whatever, for, for the foreseeable yeah. future. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that restock hasn't happened yet. And we can prognosticate over why and what's going to happen. So all the, you know, well, this is what we're feeling and hearing from clients yeah. there. But this is this is so, mm-hmm. so interesting. And I think kind of, I shouldn't say exciting because that's, but it is kind of exciting. Yeah. I find it exciting because it's our core business, right? Anytime volume goes up, it means, you know, you have pretty direct money in the pocket. So um, that's definitely numbers. I check these types of numbers daily. So it's definitely. Um, I don't see how it's possible that we, that there's not, like I've been saying spring bump and I've been feeling yeah. that from, you know, just anecdotally, like from clients and hearing from people yeah. and what's going on in the world and what's going on with some lenders and what's going on with title companies. Right. And, and, you know, the ground's kind of moving a lot with that. So a yeah. lot of folks that are in real estate sales, especially, and maybe lenders too, right. that are still at a place where they're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're too, you know, um, so we probably have a, a little bit more of an interesting, like early and later birds yeah. eye view of things. And I think that this based on this and then all those other things, but this yeah. too, it, I would say with this data, it's impossible um, for there not to be a, <laughs> I said that word, for there not to be like a, I say a spring bump, but like come March, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been consistent over the last year and a half, two years that we've looked at this, two years, mm-hmm. a, about a about a three month lag, right? From year three months ahead yeah. of the rest of the world. So, um, so that's around March, you know, March, April, whatever. How is there not going to be? And I mean, it makes sense, right? Was it uh, prequal is good for about ninety days? So if you want to go in, start applying for a mortgage, be ready to look at stuff in in March, late March, April, May. You know, it makes sense to go in and do that now. But uh, one thing. 
you talked about real estate professionals, and you know we've both been around this industry a while. I grew up around this industry. When is the spring purchase market not a hope, right? So how do you separate the hope of a spring? Like I, I hear it every damn year, right? Like how do you separate that from you know what we're actually could could be seeing? Yeah, I agree, but I think I mean for me, the last two years have been so abnormal. You know, obviously like January, especially in in like normal climates. You know, maybe in pockets mm-hmm. of Florida where there's yeah. You know, snowbirds and and tourist stuff has a little bit of a different cycle right. sometimes. But in in most places, you know, um, January and June, January is all going to be slower than June, no matter the year. I don't care how busy January is; June's going to be busier, or vice versa. Right. Uh, but um, you know, but I I think that that's you know, the last two years have been so abnormal. You know, mm-hmm. like January wasn't a yeah. valley in twenty twenty. Right. One, it was a maybe it was a plateau. Maybe it stopped growing at such a rapid pace, but it didn't. You know, it wasn't. It was everything was upside down, man. It was really weird. So um, we're kind of like normalizing to a regular season again, and whatever. But I think that if we're like for me, I you know, there's so much unknown and there's so much scary stuff out there that people are you know. So if if there is a spring bump, it confirms to me that whatever this is, whether it's whether it's seasonal. There's still demand there, right? Mm-hmm. Seasonal or not, there's still demand, mm-hmm. right? And people have, you know, A, it's January, so that's your low season anyway, and people are hibernating mm-hmm. the holidays and all those things. And B, you know, the, listen, the last three, four, five, six months have been mm-hmm. a lot of bad news and a lot of unknown yeah. things. You know, your layoff here and stock market going down there mm-hmm. and interest rates going up there. And so if you were like, I'd like to buy a house, but let's just kind of wait and see what happens. Price is going up. And yeah. so, you know, so now six months have passed by, we're right. through the winter, and now maybe we're whiffing that what that real demand that never really went yeah. away. People just sort of, you know, chilled for a minute. I mean, hopefully, right? And I think there's, you know, obviously our data isn't perfect. It's just a subset of what's going on in the market. It's what we see. There's noise in the data. We, we do better in the bunts with more business days. So February is usually a, an awful month. So the fact that we're up on January is actually significant. March is a long month, 31 days. So like that's that's going to be a really good month, right? So there's there's that aspect of it. But then you also, you, you look in what you're seeing, right? Because I think one of the things we both love about this industry is there's so many pieces to it. So you have interest rates as one, but then there's inventory, sales price, right? Like, yes, it probably, holding a mortgage costs 50 to 80% more than it did a couple of years ago on the literally the exact same house. So are there prices going down to the point where that's starting to make sense? Yeah, that I don't know. Obviously, yeah. this is telling us that, yeah. uh, you know, and and I don't, you know, again, just anecdotally, what I see out there, I don't necessarily see that, right? Um, right. I mean, the anecdotally, you're hearing that there's more and more offers getting, like there's more competition for homes, right, in a way that they're... But the pockets, yeah, if you talk about anecdotes, like... yeah. Was it you? We were having a conversation. No, it was someone else. I know who it was. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a particular neighborhood that's a pocket in the suburbs yeah. of Philadelphia. That mm-hmm. is a very stable market, right? It's not a, a migration market. Yeah. It doesn't get too high and it doesn't get too low. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a pocket that this person was telling me about. It's a very desirable place where, you know, there's no, and there's still low inventory. Not a lot of people are moving homes. Right. And, you know, this was like two weeks ago, you know, house, desirable house went up you know, price that was way more than it was two years ago, but, you know, yeah. market rate price. 
and 16 offers and it was gone in 24 hours. I mean, the same thing still today in a stabilized market, not a market where there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people coming into it. So that, I mean, again, that tells me that like, yeah, that may not be the case everywhere. And that's a particularly Mm -hmm. like desirable pocket, but um, I'm hearing those stories still about the right product and the right places and the right things everywhere. So demand is there. It never, like, you know, what you're afraid of is that demand goes away. People don't want it anymore. Um, not that it's there and they're just waiting because, yeah. you know. Well, and, and, and purchase volume and interest rates aren't directly correlated. correlated. Refi volume certainly is um, with interest rates, but um, purchase is, is a little bit different because of all the factors. And that was also one of the things that we noticed. Um, you talked about cities and suburbs specifically, um, looking at where that you know extra 25 to 30% of the volume has come from. Um, our biggest increases are really those suburban areas, uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, Maricopa County, Arizona, Cook County, the Chicago area, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Hillsborough, which I think is Tampa, Tampa area in Florida, uh, Wake County, North Carolina, Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, uh, Loudoun County, outside D.C., um, where my in-laws live. So shout out to Brad and Betsy. But uh, yeah, so there's you know, these are these like right outside city areas, which also makes sense, right? You, you kind of get the data you have and then try to make some decisions with it or try to see, you know, what things make sense. So yeah, it seems like more people want to live in suburbs. Sure. Right. So that's that that's trending. And I think you know, there's there's two questions to kind of end on and, and, and talk about here. Is one is is this a blip or a trend? Right? That's that's the thing on top of my head. Is this is this a, a couple months and then it's gonna go away? That's hard, right? Because you know, we don't have, you know, we've got this and we don't have beyond that. So I and I think that part is a little bit more um you know we're guessing at that part. Right. And I, you know, I, so I don't know, but what my instinct and every, all the pieces that I, that, that we're gathering here, that we gather as being in the business that we're getting, that we're in. I, I think that the bottom line is what I said a moment ago, the, the underlying demand and desire for people yeah. to buy homes has not gone away. There's been times in, you know, in our history, 15 years ago, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, when we went through a really, really tough time from 08, 9, 10, 11, mm-hmm. um, the desire to buy homes was gone, gone for a minute there. Um, I don't think that's the case now. I yeah. think desire to buy homes and people trying to figure out how to get into the market and how to buy homes is there. They want to do it. They're figuring it out. Many of them, have been, you know, at least temporarily priced out, you know, interest rates hurt that prices going up hurt the lots yeah. of things affect that, but, um, but they still want to buy a house and they're still trying to figure out how to buy one, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so, so that's a very, very, very good thing. And that tells yeah. me that like, we'll go through this, you know what I mean? Right. But, but at the end of the day, like as things adjust, yeah. uh, the people will be there by home. And in the same ways, if we're headed towards a, a soft landing economically, right, we kind of will see more of a, a soft increase really than anything else. So you talked about 2008, 2009. Um, there was a surge in inventory after that because there were foreclosures. People couldn't were defaulting on their mortgages. So that sent prices dirt cheap, right? And I just don't see that happening here. I don't see that surge of inventory. You know, prices have appreciated a lot in the last two years. You know, 50% in some of these suburban areas, they ain't, they ain't going down 50%, right? They're not going back down to those levels. So, you know, it's, it's about finding the right product and, and, and kind of the right fits for, for those types of things. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, mm-hmm. Sorry. Proposures are up, but not like, yeah. 
not an abnormal level. You know, they're just up because they were down for a while. You know, it's kind of normal. Well, there's a moratorium, right? They weren't kicking people out of homes during a uh, pandemic. No, and there's so much equity now in the marketplace that didn't exist then. That's what that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. uh, that you know, people who might be in a position where they might otherwise have needed to foreclose now have another option. They can maybe sell it. They have equity. They don't have close anymore i mean in many 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 cases so yeah or things like assumptions now i you see more and more about too or you know reverse mortgages people are staying in their homes yeah. right and utilizing that equity that they've built up over years so these are all little things that affect that you know supply that affects volume that affects prices so yeah. um but the last question is you know as someone in the industry as a business owner if you're a title agent if you're a mortgage lender looking at this what do you do with this information because and, yeah. and what are we seeing people do? I guess is why? Kind of why? No, I, I think yeah. uh, I I I think it's good to first of all, I, I think it helps you sleep at night a little bit, right? If yeah. I'm a title company, um, if I'm in real estate sales for that matter, you know, how do you spend money on marketing? How do you prepare mm -hmm. for three months ahead of yourself to say, all right, what's my business going to be like? I think people like, right, you prepare and you do things, yeah. whether it's marketing, whether it's just psychology of you yeah. know. I, go out and get new clients and don't think right. that they're out there i do think that they're out there what are my plans going to be mm -hmm. uh, i i think that it doesn't mean i think there's going to be a wave of business like there was in 2020 like that was abnormal and kind of silly almost. um but i think that people are really afraid of the future right now and i yeah. think that, you know and that's been the sort of story for the last six months mm -hmm. and i have been too right in october yeah. and november and december i was like i don't there's definitely a batten down the hatches period, um, you know, coming out of, like you said, the end of the third quarter in, into the end of the year. It's like, let's let's just survive. And I expected that that batten that you and I met and talked about that batten that we were both in the yeah. like batten yeah. the hatches mode. And I expected that to to feel that for I. I I dare I say like longer. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, we'll usually the first quarter is that in the industry, right? It's yeah, not much. Yeah, right. not, yeah. It's not feeling like that. And I don't feel that way right now. I feel right. like, okay, I yeah. see something coming and I feel yeah. it coming. I see these pieces. Right. Um, I don't think we're headed in 2023 is not starting off in the negative way that I mm -hmm. thought that it would. Yeah, I mean, that being said, this volume is still 16% lower than it was last January, right? So, like, we're still, like, you know, it's it's the fact that maybe we hit the bottom and now we're coming back up, I think, gets us more excited. So, also means there's there's a, still a, a ways to go. There's a ways to go, but I really don't do discount. I, I don't know how we, how much or how we can discount, you know, 20, May of 20, 15 months, right? Or it, maybe it's a little longer, but I'm going to call it 15 months from May of, or June, rather, of 2020. Yeah, 15 months after that to late 2021 right. and they're trailing into early 2022 but so like yeah everything's down but of course it's down i mean you're going from a 25 year high to a 25 year low right so let's let's just wind up in the middle yeah yeah right it's, yeah. it's sort of preposterous like yeah. you know i look at companies and i look at that i, I kind of try to discount 2021 yeah. 2020 i look at it it's a piece of information but I, it's not that's yeah. not normal I think it's it's a really confusing time too for business owners in figuring this out um, because of that. Like a, a few months ago, everyone was batting down the hatches. There were there were layoffs. There was consolidations. We had clients who were going out of business or just just closing up shop. Um, but now it's like very much you have buyers and you have sellers. You have people who are still in that mode, but you have people who are now 
you know, making bets, getting more aggressive, acquiring businesses. Um, so it's it's a lot more dynamic in that way, which makes things really interesting at the moment um, because you have more of a decision. You know, how do you feel? Are things going to keep on going up? Can we get more aggressive? What does that look like? You know, we were talking about this offline right before of like, how are you, you know, going to feel that way business-wise? I actually see that in the title space, right? So I can't fully speak for the lender space. I don't know yeah. what, but I, mm -hmm. I have my hands dirty in the title space. And mm -hmm. then what I feel there is a dichotomy spreading farther and farther apart, meaning yeah. like the smaller, more localized title agencies are, are like not necessarily going to feel the market, you know, you know, depending on where they are mm -hmm. and the pocket that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, I think bigger companies are getting bigger. People are more aggressive, right. eating things up. Um, and the smaller companies are just kind of, they're, they're there, they're stabilizing right. what they're doing and they're, they're, they're peeling away from. Well, then the ones in the middle, do you, you wind up on one side or the other, right? Like, and I think the mortgage space is the exact same thing. There's kind of a how, how hollowing out of the industry where you're either going to have really big companies or really small localized companies. And like the in-between companies are, are in some ways the most vulnerable ones. So that's a lot of our clients. I hope that isn't the case, but I think you're seeing it in title, you're seeing it in, in mortgage too. So there's just all of these factors, right? Especially as you get the average owner who's retirement age now too. There's so many factors. I mean, in title, I can tell you there's so many factors and I wonder what the parallels are or yeah. how similar it is in the mortgage space. I don't know that as well. You know, it's yeah. so well, better, so much better than I do, but there's a lot of factors going on and in, in it's the average age. Um, I can tell yeah. you the story about the, the timeline of that. And even in certain places like the state of Florida, I think that, um, you know, when 2008, nine, 10 happened, you know, there was a, yeah. there was a surge of new title companies in the early two thousands from that wave. And those yeah. companies, I think a lot of people, um, predict, I know a lot of people predicted that companies would kind of die and go out of business yeah. and of course, some did, but a lot more survived than people thought because yeah. I think. I mean, same in the mortgage space. You have the number of people. I was like, hey, I was tending bar in 2003. My buddy's like, do this mortgage thing. It's easy money. And now they're you know running a mortgage shop for the last 20 years. And then I think what happened to those folks, same thing, title and mortgage. In 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, mm -hmm. people were like, oh, these people are going to go out of business. And some people did. But the people, yeah. the more people survived because. Those people were in business for three, four, five, six years. They weren't in business that long and right. they were still energetic about it and they were still hungry and they still wanted to figure out how to make their business right. survive. And now it's 15 years in and they've gone through two cycles and they right. just went two years where they couldn't hire anybody. Their hair right. was like caught on fire. They're, they're you know, right. and they're in a different place in life. Yeah. Eyeing college payments, eyeing all the, you know, real responsibilities. And I think on top of that, now you've got, you know, a difference in technology, right? And the tools, the things that technology brings and does yeah. um, for for your business, certainly in title, that yeah. I think the smaller companies are struggling to either figure out how to bring it on, pay for some of those things right. to compete, um, and and sort of collect them and deliver them in a fluid experience. Yeah. Now, like the experience for customers is going to feel very, very different. Yeah. Um, and, and so do I want to get into that game or now I'm 15 right. years of this business, yeah. I'm in a place in life. So I think those, there's that yeah. and a few other things going on at once that make Plenty of things for us to talk about. We're already over on time, so I don't want to go down too far down the rabbit hole on this, but no, we got to come back. We, we got to update some more monthly data and see, um, now I'm just nervous when our data drops, I have to be like the, the bear of bad, bad news of like, Hey, but you'll know it. Yeah. yeah. You'll know it. I think, yeah. I think this really is a canary in the coal mine. I think, yeah. you know, We've discovered we had the aha 
moment that like we will see well between between this and the super bowl i really hope this podcast ages well and if so we can we can do a little bit have more. that data here please i want to see it yes <laughs> but we will see so matt i appreciate your time i know you speak a lot about this on your end so if anyone wants to find you uh where can they go yeah they can find us uh please find our company at the titlebox.com great sounds good thanks matt thanks Thank you for listening to Lodestar's Lending Leader. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. I'd like to give a special thank you to the Lodestar team involved with the production of this podcast, including Elena Gardner, Tim Austin, and John Gardner. 